0: Greetings, Hushlings, and welcome back to another installment of Declassified Discussions.
1: Today, we're joined by an investigative journalist, photojournalist, and author who specializes in above-top-secret government programs.
0: He's written books like The Invisible Crime, Illegal, Microchip Implants, and Microwave Technology, and Their Use its Humanity, followed by its part two, A Targeted Individual, Synthetic Telepathy, and Global Criminal Biomedical Human Experimentation, as well as his most recent book, American Cyborg, The Globalist Cabal, Project Monarch, and the Military-Industrial Complex. Hostilians, please welcome Michael Fitzhugh
2: Bell. Nice to be here.
1: Thank you for Thanks coming for we're so glad to have you on and uh first and foremost, obviously, besides your resume, which we gave the hush Tillians here, let everybody know what you're all about, all the things that you are into, and all the stuff that people don't know you for, people that aren't familiar with your work. Give us a little rundown.
2: I can give you a basic introduction because it's kind of a tough subject to uh address, but um I'll just say what happened to me. Um, I was living in Hollywood, California and in an apartment. And one night I was drugged and abducted from my apartment. I remember the perpetrators wearing frightening masks and at one point lying on a stainless steel table with a bright light shining on me and surgeons wearing surgical masks standing over me. I woke up thinking that it was the next morning, but to my horror, I discovered that it was actually eight days later. My body was riddled with dozens of tiny corresponding and symmetrical covert cosmetic surgery incision incision scars, I consulted with several private investigators and a former CIA agent that informed me that it sounded like I'd become what is known as a targeted individual, and I'd possibly been implanted with advanced nanotechnology biomedical devices. I traveled around the world collecting medical evidence in the form of MRIs, ultrasounds, x-rays with verified and validated real doctor's reports, all clearly showing foreign objects directly beneath the covert surgery incision scars. The private investigators and former CIA agent all told me that I was likely part of a massive field test in a legal clinical trial of human experimentation using classified technologies. It's What we're we're dealing with here is the most advanced weapon system ever created by mankind, a weapon in every sense of the word. This program is is widely recognized as an unacknowledged special access program believed to be part of the military-industrial complex, which is composed of the military black ops, the military, the Department of Defense, NSA, Department of Justice, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, a human experimentation program that causes extreme psychological terror as well as physical torture this kind of illegal human experimentation is considered a war crime and is the highest ranking type of capital crime punishable by the death penalty it's been estimated as much as a third to as many as half of americans estimated have already been implanted with non-therapeutic, non-consensual RFID biomedical implant technology without their knowledge, permission, or consent. Technology is way ahead of the law. The law has a lot of catching up to do. That's the introduction.
0: Did you get that Hushlings?
2: People are like, what, what, yeah, I know. It's a very difficult, imagine, imagine trying to go to the world with that story and and it being the truth too you know almost a truth you don't want to tell someone but and then when i made the mistake of telling the wrong people they used that evidence against me you know you can get um wrongful diagnoses uh you know willfully wrongful diagnoses. you know deliberate a wrongful diagnosis. It's a lot for people to take in. I guess I could start with one of the intros might be technology that exists and people know about called BCI, Brain to Computer Interface. That is real technology that exists now. But using that technology for purposes other than what it was intended be used for is what's happening to me and to other targeted individuals around the world. Um, And there's different levels of being a targeted individual. Some people might not even know that they're targeted. They have no idea uh, that their thoughts are being corrupted and manipulated in real time. They have no idea. And they can't even grasp that that's a possibility. It's difficult to, to explain to people
1: I have a question. You were talking about the implants that you have. Now, were the implants inspected by another person? Were they taken out of you? Like these implants that you're talking about, can you expand more on that and how they were found and how they affected your body overall?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, as I said in my introduction, I was drugged and abducted. Uh, when I woke up, I knew something terrible had happened to me eight days had gone by i'd grown a beard when
1: you awoke after the eight days you were left with some sort of incision scar correct
2: correct yes i i could see all these little scars on my body now how many scars did you have overall would you estimate i stopped counting at 250. Jesus.
1: Okay. Now, when you're looking at these incisions and you're looking at these implants, obviously you've had these implants, some of these implants, I would hope all of these implants taken out of your body or are some of them still lingering.
2: I had to travel around the world to get the medical evidence. I had to spend all of my money that I'd saved for my entire life blowing it, traveling around the world, going to other countries that would provide medical medical analysis that you can't get in this country. You can't just go to a doctor and go, I want this, hey, give me an x-ray of my leg, give me an MRI. You can't do that. You go to Europe, as long as you have the money in your hand, they'll do anything you want. So that's what I had to do. And and that's how I got most of the, the evidence that's in the first book. All of my MRIs, uh, they're in the book. Uh, and as well as one implant that I did have m- removed from my left lower left jaw. and um, that's in the book, too. That was taken away from me by the doctor who removed it. Does, would not let me keep it. The, the I, actual I did, implant itself? Yeah, I got two pictures. They're in the first book. Were these implants
0: metallic? What did they look like exactly? Can you explain that a little bit? Elaborate for us.
2: The one that they, the one that was taken out of my jaw, that's in the book, was I'm trying to think of how you could think of. It was about a third of the size of a grain of rice, of uncooked rice. A third of that, a third of a piece of rice is about the size of the implant. It was kind of oval and smooth. Uh, I could feel it underneath the skin. I found it. There was four of them. I still have three other ones in that area, just in my jaw alone that I could see in the MRIs. But convincing a doctor to take it out is not as easy as it sounds. It's pretty, you can't just order a doctor to do something. And if the globalist cabal is involved, like the people that are behind it all, They can threaten a doctor like that, to take away his license, do anything they want. That's how much power these people have. People don't understand that the world right now is being run by organized crime. The entire planet. I'm talking about the White House, everything. It's all being run by organized crime right now. You probably know that as well. It's not hard to see.
0: It's a sad reality.
2: It's terrible. (laughs) Very, very sad
0: one question that I have uh, a lot of people I don't know how far down this rabbit hole you go if you even go down it but a lot of people with the claim that the alien abduction phenomenon have very similar stories to like what you've experienced even down to like clearly somebody wearing a mask is would be different than a, a sulfuric smelling entity that's coming through your room or something like that but uh do you think that there could be some type of correlation with the program that you might have suffered from that could be from this alleged pact that some of these black projects have with extraterrestrials oh. and the abduction phenomenon
2: I can't make a connection with the uh, alien phenomena but I will say that in terms of the of the size and power of the conspiracy if the alien conspiracy is real then that conspiracy takes a big backseat to this one. This one is actually ahead of that. It's hard to believe when you're controlling people's thoughts in real time and manipulating a person's mind in real time. I mean, that is the weapon. That's a weapon. If if once learned Mm -hmm. how to use once, once perfected, that's the ultimate weapon. That's what people, Want to know what's happening with me? I'm part of a program which they collect data 24-7 data medical data biomedical data on me and How I fit into the program. I'm not sure where I am in the program, but um, The amount of money that is being spent annually Just for one targeted individual at my level is estimated to be in excess of ten billion dollars a year for one person, you wonder where that money comes from it 's pretty easy once you start adding in all of the extras that that are a part of it. Part of the program uses helicopters, Blackhawk stealth helicopters, each one of those goes for about sixty or seventy million dollars each. I started noticing at my last few addresses that I lived at, that each night, just after sunset, I started noticing these lights in the sky. And then when I pushed in on them with, 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 a, uh, with a high-end camera, they're helicopters. And they're just, I'm not talking about a helicopter that's flying over your house and going, by. I'm talking about one that's parked up there for 12 or 14 hours in one spot all night. And at my house, I have about 30 or 40 every single night and the estimated cost for for a helicopter and a crew, if you look at each night, each night for them is a mission. Every night is a mission in the Army, in the military. Every night is a mission. So with um, with the Sikorsky UH-60 Blackhawk stealth helicopter at a cost of $60 million a piece, if you got 30 or 40 of those up there, there's 30 or 40 million right there because that's how much it costs to operate one of those for a full night with the fuel and the people on board and all of the, all of the, the technology that they're using especially in an operation as big as the one that's going on here where I am, to keep all of the people quiet in my neighborhood takes a lot of money too. You're looking at a full crew in each helicopter, including backup pilots, technicians, monitoring the target individual, fuel for over 12 hours of flight time at a cost to the American taxpayer from anywhere from $250,000 a night to well over a million dollars a night equipped with the latest classified technologies. The helicopter is only one aspect of the program. One of the most expensive aspects of the program. uh, And one of the hardest to deny. Uh, If you're a person on the ground, like people who come to my house who've worked at my house before if they're here after dark i say wait you'll see a show tonight and most of them didn't believe me until it got dark and then the people that were working here were much younger than me and had better vision than me and they were seeing things that i couldn't even see anymore because i'm 61 and these people were in their 30s and they could see things beyond the ones that i could see but that's all night every night they believed to be there collecting data and most of the programming for targeted individuals like myself most of the programming is done at night when the targets generally asleep that's when most of the program is believed to happen makes sense too Uh, and it, it does affect my dreams i can't remember the last time i had a real dream i thought this has been going on in my life some form of it has been going on ever since I was a child, since uh, maybe two or three years old. I can remember thoughts that were being put into my head that were way (laughs) too advanced for a child of three or four years old. You know, even then I I would say to myself, where are these thoughts coming from? You know, and you can't share that kind of thing. I just kept that to myself, but looking back, I know what it was now, looking back. With clarity, I can tell exactly what it was.
1: So the night of the implants, what year was this? Did you say that was 2008?
2: That was 2008, January.
1: Now, when you woke up the morning of, you know, regaining consciousness.
2: That was eight days later.
1: Yeah. Eight days later. So how did your body feel after that? were you sore? Did you feel woozy? Like what kind of feelings were going through physically?
2: I had a terrible headache and I saw the scars. I couldn't figure that out. I couldn't understand what the, these fresh surgical incision scars were on me. I looked at them. They were so small that I was like, did I cut myself when I was hiking and not remember? But how can they be corresponding and symmetrical? You know, That's not the way you, you run through the woods and you get a cut on one arm and you get a cut on the other arm in the exact same place. I don't think so. I just knew something was terrible, was, was wrong. And then when that's when I, I lived in Hollywood, I lived a block away from the police station and a block away from the hospital Cedar Sinai in Los Angeles. And at first I started walking when, when I thought about what I was going to do, I was thinking like, where am I going to go? If I go to the police station, they're going to say, uh, that's a, really fantastic story, but where's your proof? You know? So, uh, I realized when I woke up that I still had whatever they had given me in my system. I talked to a couple of private investigators. They told me that it was most likely scopolamine or devil's breath, uh, which is a extremely potent drug that it, doesn't even have a recreational side to it. It's only used for rape and robbery. That's all it's used for. That's what people who get it use it for. And, and that was what's believed to be used on targeted individuals. And it has the ability to give the person nearly complete amnesia. Uh, this devil's breath, scopolamine. Uh, And it's tasteless, odorless, uh, colorless. And once you're under its effects, people around you won't be able to know that you're under its effects. You will seem perfectly normal and natural to them. You won't seem like you're intoxicated or anything. So if the perpetrators often will dose somebody and then send them into a bank and have them empty all of their accounts and take it out in cash. And they're on tape in the bank and the bank people are, are, are trained to, to look for, for things that, you know, are out of the ordinary. But if this person comes in and they're perfectly sober and they're and they're and this is what they want to do and they're talking like this and making sense, the people in the bank have no choice but to give them the money. And then they, as soon as they go outside, the people take their money. And the person won't even remember having gone to the bank. They'll see themselves on tape and they won't even remember it. They won't even remember being there, but that's where my case is a little bit different than other people's in that part of my memory allowed me to remember things between dosings because they dose you once and then when you're coming down off of that in Order to achieve that same amount of being drugged. They have to double the dose each time uh, to to So it has to be carefully calculated because 50% of all scopolamine druggings end up in death 50% one out of every two die so in order to keep someone it really has to be a sharpshooter who has to measure out the exact amount that's being used on this on on the person. Too much and they'll die very easily. Uh, not enough and they might remember some of the things. So it's a it's tricky it's a tricky balance.
1: It's very reminiscent of you know what they do in like Haitian culture, like Voodoo culture. Same type of thing to. Oh try to get people to do thing in a zombified state, quote unquote.
2: Correct. Uh, yeah. The other thing I was going to tell you is this is widely believed that the terror watch list, for instance, uh, target individuals are the result of a corrupt government. The crime, which is based in secrecy and deception, could not exist without the complicity and acquiescence of the United States government, the medical community, and law enforcement. It has been suggested, and it's not difficult to perceive and understand, that corrupt judges and prosecutors can be bought and paid for to further the agenda of the criminal cabal. It's widely recognized that one of the ways that people can become target individuals is if that they've been wrongfully, illegally placed on the terror watch list. A FISA warrant can be issued against a person that allows for surveillance against foreign spies or persons of interest. So putting someone on the terror watch list that doesn't belong there allows for full government surveillance of that person that is paid for by the people to get the people on the terror watch list. That's part of it. To get them on there. Then they have a reason, supposedly a reason to, to watch this person, but while they're supposedly watching this person or this terrorist, what's really happening is believed to be happening is that they're being programmed um, under the guise Of the terror watch list. Uh, They're really, these people, me, uh, other people like me, are being used for biomedical data, this most perfect crime. That's why I called it in the book, the first book, The Invisible Crime, and the second book, The Invisible Crime Part Two, because it's a crime that no one talks about. There's a full media blackout on this subject. You can't even go to a doctor if you believe that this has happened to you. It's very difficult to get a removal. Mine was nearly impossible. And now because that I got that removal, I've also made it harder for anyone else to get a removal. You're not even trying to do that. That's just what happens. You get a removal like that and now they're like, that better not happen again, you know? So it's made it very difficult for other people to get a removal. Um, but I was lucky to get one, very lucky. And it was very expensive the whole way around.
0: I can imagine. Have you met anyone else that have been victims of the same program?
2: Um, I've, it's hard to tell, you know, it really is hard. People can tell me that they are, but a lot of the people that are posing as targeted individuals are not targeted individuals. I've come across some of those. They would never admit it, but there there have been some that I've uh, come across that I would highly doubt that they're targeted individuals. Just by the way they were living their life and the and questions they were asking me, they already would know all those an- answers. They wouldn't need to ask me if they were really targets. But it's, you're talking about, the biggest conspiracy in the history of mankind? What could be bigger? There's nothing that could be bigger.
0: Uh, Yeah. Abducting people uh, and implanting them for data. And then everyone else really is just like, oh, well, your phone is the only thing collecting data. But when this happens to real people all the time for a long time, do you think that some of those individuals though that have claimed to have gone through the same thing were actually just government
2: plants? oh i sure i'm sure some of them were but i usually know where to look if i meet them in person i can find the scars in a matter of seconds i can tell even now when i'm standing in line at the bank or wherever i have to stand in line when there's a person in front of me i can see behind their ears that's where right behind the ears there's a scar left from the covert cochlear implants that I have in each ear, those scars you can really see really well, but you can't really see them yourself. You need to have somebody look for you. Then what I had to do so I could see them myself, because you can't really look behind your own ears, you have to use a mirror. So I would stand in front of the bathroom mirror and take another mirror, and hold it behind my ear, behind my head. And then, looking off that reflection, I could see behind my ear. I, I, I can see the scars. But I mean, I can see those scars on people, as far as I know, that aren't even targeted individuals that are standing in line in front of me at the bank. I can see the scars. It seems like pretty much everyone I've looked at, friends, people in other countries, just randomly looking behind people w- without them even knowing if I'm standing behind them in line, who knows what I'm looking at, you know? Uh, but I can see those scars, the scars tell a story and you have them for a reason. You know, that you don't just, you're not born with scars, scars, a result of, of a traumatic injury to the skin, to the epidermis. And then, it's the healing uh, of that area that leaves a scar. Uh, but these are precise, corresponding, symmetrical scars all over my body. I stopped counting at 250. There's probably more. That's more than enough for me to look. I, I didn't want to count any more than that. I just knew that there was more than that.
1: Now, quick question. As you're speaking about these implants and their ability to, now they're, they're able to track data on you. And also alter your thoughts. Correct. Um, so how does that occur? Is it, is it a voice that goes off? Is it a sudden thought that you're like, "Whoa, this is not something that I normally would think or
2: I don't ha- I don't get the V2k or the voice to skull technology. I don't have that. Um, most all of the targeted individuals that I know, except for a few, all have that version where they are where they are having um voices uh piped into their heads uh twenty four seven um I didn't have that uh, i I hear a loud noise, but it's an electronic type sound um, it's uh it's electronic in nature in the, in the just the way it sounds like if you if i could
1: i like let you hear what, or a
2: humming kind of yeah and it changes in pitch and uh, and intensity uh, sometimes it can get really painful um, but it's always there in some format uh, also I wanted to say something else that people don't understand you can't just grab somebody and then implant them surgery implant them uh, with with the um, implants and then turn them back into their to, to, to their life, and then observe them. It's not quite that easy. The, uh, the implantation process is quite, it's quite complex. It's believed that after being fully implanted with biomedical devices, the targeted individual will also undergo another rigorous process. Because the data being harvested from the target is so crucial, the data must be accurate. The human body is relatively soft and alone is not an ideal soundboard for the bi-directional process of telemetry and signal sending and data collection. Therefore, the target's body must be compressed. The compression of the human body is believed to happen through a series of procedures which tighten and compress the body to a state where signals and data can be transmitted effectively, accurately. It's widely reported that using nanowire and nanomesh and titanium clips and an exterior coating of nanopolymer, which is also used in cosmetic surgery, the human body can be compressed to the point where signals and frequencies are effectively and efficiently sent and received by the globalist cabal military slash the data extraction is then recorded, logged, and compared and contrasted with that of other target individuals with similar characteristics such as age, race, gender, body height, weight, physique. It's now believed to be possible to extract, record, and play back the memories of another person through the brain sciences and neurological weapons technology. Yeah, now. Now it's possible for someone to, to extract and record a memory that a person made themselves when they were a child or whenever it was in their life. I mean, uh, so, uh, the compression of the body, uh, completely. Uh, I mean, if you, you can't really see me, but if you look at my arms and my legs, they look like they look like the arms and legs of a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old. They don't look like when I look at other people that are near my age. I'm 61. They've got a. They look their age. Uh, this the, the, compressing the body flattens it out. So I, I don't have the same. My skin is really tight and flat, whereas the other people that are my age, 61 getting kind of wrinkled and uh you know the age you know i mean i i still am aging but um having my entire body compressed uh also changed my appearance too when you look at pictures of yourself before it happened to you and after you can see a difference in photographs other people may say boy you look different you know, or they might not notice at all. I don't know. It depends on how how observant people are really.
1: It's very reminiscent of some early MKUltra stuff, especially when you're talking about the implants putting sound waves directly into someone's ear constantly, uh, which is what they used to do, you know, put like helmets on with little speakers inside and just play the same messages over and over and over again into a person on top of sleep deprivation and physical torture and all that other great stuff that the government is well known for.
2: I have a great imagination I could not make this it's not that good it's not Uh, yeah Uh, even and I was very lucky with my first book because my publisher happened to work before he was a publisher he was uh, in the Los Angeles special investigations unit for about 25 years and he had seen his share of targeted individuals over the years. And, uh, he'd seen many things that I had written about he'd seen in real life. And he'd seen, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, there was no, I didn't have to convince my publisher cause he already knew, but it's rare that you find someone that that's that educated, that that would know. Cause see, that's what it is right now. It's not that regular people are not smart, they're just not educated. They're being deprived of that education because that education would expose the entire government and they can't have that. And so they've spent more money on this program than estimated any other program in the history of programs. For a target individual at my level, 10 billion dollars a year that's pretty accurate it could be more than that but it's around that much i mean it could be 30 or 40 million dollars just for one night with all the helicopter surveillance alone just for one night yeah it's it's i mean to see these these helicopters where i live in north carolina deep in the mountains you can see these things for miles you can see these things here's another thing that i've noticed about the helicopters They will actually use helicopters. They have so many of them that they can actually when when you're looking at the celestial sky, when you're looking up at the stars and looking at the uh, at the Milky Way, you know, looking at the Big Dipper and things like that. Those are still up there. Those are but those stars are so much fainter than the lights of the helicopter, which are only a mile and a half above you. You know, those those stars could be light years away. And they have so many helicopters now, at least where I am, that they can actually use the celestial map of the sky to put helicopters in front of of, the Big Dipper. You're like, look, there's the Big Dipper. It's like, yeah, the Big Dipper is there, but the helicopters are now in front of it, if it makes sense. You're looking, now you're looking up at lights that are in the arrangement of the Big Dipper. But they're helicopters, at least in my case. I can't speak for other people.
1: Just positioning themselves so that when you look up, you think you're looking at a star, but
2: in actuality, it's them. That's that's how much extra time and money they have to, to be that efficient. It's great positioning. What do you think the end game is? Because you said at your level, implying that there's multiple levels. I'm sure, but I can't tell you for I can't tell you, but I'm sure there are people... As bad as I have it, someone else has it much worse. Trust me. And someone who's suffering may not be at my level, but it's, it's, it's suffering still, and it's still destroying their life. There's nothing for me to gain by by being the person whose target is the hardest. I don't know. I, I, I know that I know that that my level of targeting is unique. And there aren't a lot of people like me that are at this level. I just don't think there are that many. Uh, I don't think they can afford to do that to everyone. But, you know, again, I don't know. Uh, There's so much of the program that most people don't even know about. As much as I know, you have to remember this too. As much as we know as human beings, we are only estimated to know about 7 to 11% of all information that is available to human beings. We get a remarkable amount of information out of our 7 to 11%, but even at the low end, it's 7% if we, and that's including all the the dictionaries and encyclopedias, uh, everything. It's only 7% of the information being withheld from us but still 7% remarkably a lot of information for a world but you're only being allowed to know what the government wants you to know. As of recent I've noticed videos online surfacing of people being gang stalked. Now before your ordeal and since then have you noticed people crowding your space and like following you when you go out and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, and they did not like having their picture taken either. <laughs> they really got upset. So sometimes, if you're at a parking lot or something, and there's people out there, and there's a couple of cars that are that are they're watching you, I always have a camera with me. But imagine, most people probably don't like to have their picture taken. But very only only few only a few people like a criminal would get really upset when you broke out the camera. Only a criminal is going to get that level upset. Think about it. A normal person would not maybe a normal person is, is 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 private and they don't want to have their picture taken. Yeah, you can use that as an excuse if you want, but trust me, they you take their you take someone's picture that's doing that's committing a crime, they don't like it. They're already having a problem right there. I mean, you can you have to be really careful when uh when taking pictures of people because you can really get into some altercations with people out in public, especially in places like airports where I'm mobbed. I mean, if I'm traveling with someone and I go to an airport with them, they'll by the end of the trip, they believe me. I mean, only, I mean, it, there's so much. It's, I mean, when I, when I travel, there are perpetrators on the plane with me. Part of the criminal group, call them perpetrators, wherever, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I'm never left alone. There's always someone, even the people that are working on the airline, I get that stalking behavior from, from, from uh, from the flight attendants. When they're coming by my seat, they'll either kick my seat or cough or something. I get something from them every single time they pass my seat, not just once for the whole trip it's you know it's multiple times throughout the whole throughout the flight and the people that i have to deal with on the flight the people sitting right next to me because you know you have people people sitting right next to you whoever's in control of the seating knows where i'm being seated on that plane and i'm just surrounded uh every time i go it's not a good experience it's and if it, if anyone doubted me They wouldn't if they saw what happens when I travel and and at that and then when I get to my destination, the hotel, all the people at the hotel and, uh, you know, the the room above me, the room below me, the room on either side of me, all perpetrators every single time. Imagine. So 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 when I travel, you can imagine how much more expensive it is than if I sit at home. See, if I go out, I mean, I have I have the helicopters here. I have people on the ground here. My neighbors. A neighborhood can turn overnight. You know, somebody moves in one day and everybody's normal. And within a couple of days, the the perpetrators have already given word to them. Most likely, given my neighbors and people in stores and stuff that I go to around here, um, giving them false information, like uh, "oh, uh, he's a terrorist" or uh, "he's a, a pedophile," they'll say something, anything to get those people on board. Uh, and it's not hard for them to do. Uh, I don't know what they, I don't know what the rumor or rumors that they have been saying about me, but whatever it is, it's usually reinforced with strong financial restitution for those people so in addition to being told misinformation about someone then in addition to that they also are getting paid money which no one complains about they're like you know see that guy over there just do this i'll give you 10 bucks whatever it is Uh, and they usually make them from what i understand they have to perform the act of harassment first in order to get The
0: coin. It's almost almost ritualistic in that that sense. That's uh. I've got uh one last question. It's kind of multi part question, but I was reading a little bit about some of the stuff you you do other than writing, and it says that you do like high altitude mountaineering and big climbing. What's the the largest peak you've done?
2: The 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 highest mountain that I yeah the
0: highest yeah.
2: I guess the highest one I've been to was a, a volcano in. Mexico over nineteen thousand feet
0: do you think that because you've done so many things you've you've had careers in other fields and not only a writer in journalism, so do you think that that could be partly a reason of why you might have been targeted for I guess no. the tier that you might be at? It's a good of-
2: question, it's a good question, but I remember before this happened to me when I was climbing like now like even even when i went i think 2005 to 2007 i did most of my climbing and i would say that even the guides for those climbs were already part of the program i could tell by the way that the guides were acting at me and they and and sometimes when we like at the end of the day we were climbing in europe for instance in switzerland or france climbing those mountains like the matterhorn you're over there and you're over there with a group of other people that are climbing. And then, you know, you do the climb and then you come down, come back down to the town, like in Chamonix, uh, in France, and you'd be with other people. So you're sitting around the table with these people having dinner. And I noticed that the guides would just sit there and glare at me. They would just stare at me and glare, you know, like a hard glare, like a angry, almost like an angry look. And I was like, and I didn't deserve that at all. And one of the guides dropped me at one point when I was coming down off the back of a mountain, being let down by a rope. This guy let the rope go. And I fell about 15 feet right down. Even though I had boots and stuff on, I hurt my ankle. I'm pretty sure he didn't lose his grip on the rope. I'm pretty sure it was intentional.
1: All right, Mr. Bell, as we approach the one hour mark. Let everybody know where they can find your books and about your website and all that good stuff.
2: Okay. Um, the books are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever fine books are sold. And uh, my I have two websites. Invisiblecrime.com is one. And the other is michaelfbell.com. And they're interconnecting. Wet website. So if you can get to one, you'll get to the other. But I think we did a pretty good job in an hour uh, of covering something that's very difficult for people to even grasp that that's even a possibility. Yes. You know, it's very difficult. It's very difficult for people to, I'm sure. Part of your audience is understanding what we're saying. The other part is like, what is he talking about?
1: A lot. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised how many do understand. So
2: I'm sure. I'm sure there are some that, that that actually do understand. It's difficult for me to find other targeted individuals that are knowledgeable. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wrote three books. I wrote the one book very quickly because I was afraid I was going to die. That's how bad this this, this thing is, you know, I was like, just want to get that thing out there. And then after that, I realized that I lived. So, you know, I took my time with the second two books, but the first one was written, uh, at at a frenetic pace because that's what was happening to me in my life. And it's reflected in the, in the book, uh, the first book, especially.
1: All right, Michael Bell, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hushlings, as always, we will have links to all of Mr. Bell's websites, uh, his books, everything you can find in our show notes. And again, thank you, Hushlings, for tuning in. We will see you on the next Declassified Discussions. I am
0: Mystery Mike. I'm Declassified Dave.
2: And I'm Slick Frank Sanders.
1: And have a good night.